Yes. Joy unspeakable and full of glory is what the Bible says. Amen. I want you to stand up while the choir finds their place. Let's all stand up, stretch our legs real quick. And we're going we're gonna to introduce uh, great, great friends of mine. I'm so tickled that the Wisnets are here with us this morning uh, for our real church revival. I'm not going to do no long intro. They're, they listen, long-time friends of ours. I think y'all started coming singing for us right after we got in this building, I believe. But how many of y'all will help me in giving the, the Wisnets from Morganton, North Carolina, an old-fashioned Temple Baptist welcome? Amen? Come on, let them know you're glad they're here. You may be seen. Sing on. I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saved today. Yes, I'm in the glory land way.
pressing on. Doctors say that they've done all that they can do. Around the clock, the family prays, but help's already, it's already on the way. Without a doubt, another doctor is in in the checkout line She began to share her story And then I told her mine It was clear we both knew heartache So before I turned to go We made a simple promise That would lighten both I'll pray for you. You pray for me. And together we'll touch heaven from our knees. Anything can happen in his name when we so I'll pray for you, you pray for me. He's never too busy, he always hears us. What a privilege and an honor just to know that God is there and to have his full attention anytime and anywhere. Sometimes when we're talking, the conversation turns to you. And as your name and me 
Together we'll touch heaven from our knees. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in His name when we agree. So I'm going to pray for you. that God is there and to have his full attention anytime and anywhere and sometimes when we're talking the conversation turns to you as your name and needs are mentioned God just lifts my spirit to I'll pray for you. You pray for me. And together we'll touch heaven from our knees. Anything can happen in his name when we agree. So I'll y'all just stand with us. Maybe grab the hand of the person beside you. Sing this with us. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. And together we'll touch heaven from our feet. Anything can happen in his name when we agree. Anything can happen in his name. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. Sing this. And tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to
let's give him all the praise. Well, amen. I want you to I want you to remain standing for just a moment. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4 will begin in verse number 24. Uh, in your in your workbook, I guess it's page number 9 and uh I, I'm I'm so so in desperate need of your prayer today. We have families in our church that are that are hurting, that are broken today, and uh, and I you know a song keeps coming back to my head. Farther along, we'll we'll know all about it. We'll face things in this life we we can't figure out, we can't understand, we can't find answers to, but one day, farther along. We're, we're going to know all about it. Amen? I want you to look in, in uh, Acts chapter number 4 and verse number 24. If you found your spot, say amen. If you were here for the very first time and you filled out one of the prayer cards for us, we want to go ahead and take them up real quick. If you if you could hold them up, did we have any first-time attenders this morning? Just hold the, there it is right there in the middle. We've got some down here in the front, uh, uh, We right over here, some on this side. Uh, they're just everywhere. Let's give the Lord praise and glory. Amen? Praise and glory. Thank you, Lord, for sending. Thank you for being here. All right. Did we get everybody? Did I miss any? If they are, just throw them up this way. Amen? If we, we got them all. All right. Uh, Acts 4, verse number 24. Now, leading up into this verse, uh, you will find that the early church has had momentum. Uh, people have been... Uh, been being saved. The Bible says the Lord was adding to the church daily such as should be saved. I mean, they were rocking and rolling. It was going great. Uh, God was moving. People were getting help. People were getting healed. Uh, people were getting saved. And I mean, everything was going good. Uh, Peter and John were going into the church in the hour of prayer. They're going to prayer meeting. And there was this guy sitting here that was crippled. And he, and he was looking at Peter and John and, and basically wanting a handout, wanting them to give him something. And Peter said, look, he must have been a Baptist because he said silver and gold have I none amen he said silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee rise up and walk and the Bible said he stood to his feet no he leaped to his feet and he began to praise God he began to shout man it stirred up such a commotion and the religious police come around are y'all with me Anytime you do something for God, there's going to be a religious crowd that wants to tell you why you were wrong in doing it. And they came around and they were investigating and they were, they were trying to uh, uh, criticize him and said, Look now, you can have your church, you can have your religious activities, but don't be preaching in the name of Jesus anymore. And they come back, and this is where we stand. They have been threatened. Uh, they have been accused. They have been told, don't do this. You need to cease and desist. This has to stop right now. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? Now, they take that threat, and they go back to the church. They go back to the people they're praying, and this is what they say. Verse 24. And when they heard that, when they heard the threats, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord, and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? 
The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord. In other words, they went to daddy and told on them. Say amen. They didn't go to the political figures. They didn't rally up the crowd. They didn't go and put a petition. They went to God in prayer. This is the first crisis of the early church, the very first problem situation that they had to handle, and they took it to God. They said, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had what? Prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. And neither said any of them aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for love and tenderness and kindness. I thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, you were good to us in the first service, and I know you'll be good to us in the second. And I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to learn we need to pray. We need to come before you with our issues and our problems. And God, I pray that your will be done in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. It is our desire at Temple to be what God wants us to be. Over the centuries and over the years, time has passed by. And listen, as time passed by, one tradition became another tradition and a custom. And, and listen, after a long time, how many of y'all know that after a while, traditions can come, become more holy than truth does sometimes? In, the, in, the, in the, the time that Jesus walked on this earth, he had problems from religious people all the time because they cared more about their tradition that was man-made than they cared about the truth of God's word that God gave. Are y'all with me? And because of that, after generation after generation after generation, this habit and this custom and this uh, 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 whatever you want to call it was passed down from generation to generation. And, and after a while, the people have their own rules. They have their own ideas about what church is supposed to be. And most of the time, most churches don't look nothing like the church that God started in the book of Acts. And our desire is to go back to the old path. And I ain't talking about the Red Book hymnal. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Charles Spurgeon. And I'm not talking about D.L. Moody. I'm talking about way before them old boys ever come on the scene. I'm talking about the early church, the book of Acts, where the Bible says when they were ministering, the Bible says that they were, they, this is what they said about them. They turned the world upside down. Well, wouldn't it be great? to go to church and be in a congregation that the Bible says that we have such an influence in our community, we have such an influence in our world that it just turns them upside down. Amen. Well, we went through the book of Acts, and we took different characteristics of this church that's desperately needed today. 
desperately needed today. And we want to deal with them today, tonight, Monday night, and Tuesday night. And we're going we're gonna to know and we're going to study. And we're going to reveal what is a real church. Is it a real church because it has a steeple? I hope not because we ain't got one. Amen. Is it a real church because there's a pulpit? Do you realize the word pulpit's only found one time in the Bible? And it wasn't even this. It was just a wood platform so Ezra could stand on and they could see him above everybody. I have people criticizing people if they don't use a pulpit or if they have a chair up on the platform. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. They've got customs. They've got traditions. They've got rules and regulations that Jesus didn't write down, but they're expecting people to follow. And they're wondering why the churches are dying in America. I don't want your opinion about it. You don't need my opinion about it. We need to go back to the Word and find out what the book says about it. And one of the the most interesting characteristics of the real church, the early church, the church that Jesus started, and by the way, he started his own church. He said, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And boy, he picked out some followers, a ragtag bunch of people that nobody had. And by the way, they were accused of being ignorant and unlearned men. That means I got a chance. Amen. He took them and chose them, and now here they are. They're turning the world upside down. They're burning the trail for the gospel's sake. And what was it about them that gave them what they had? And the first thing I want to talk about today is prayer. Say it with me. Say it with me. Prayer. Do you realize I'm finding out this about Americans? American churches and American Christians? Do you realize Do you realize over in the Sudan where there is nothing, they pray about everything? Every morning, every morning they wake up, they pray that they could find something to eat that day. Every morning they wake up, they, they listen, in the jungles, in the Viet, Vietnamese jungles, in the communist jungles, they pray every day God keep them safe that they don't get killed because of their faith. They, every Sunday when they meet together in them underground churches, they're praying, oh God, don't let the communists find us. And, and Are y'all with me? But I'm finding this out about the American Christian. The American Christian does not pray when he needs to pray. He only prays when he has to pray. Do y'all hear what I just said? We're not praying because we need to pray. We only pray when we have to pray. We're too busy to pray when everything's going good. We're too busy to pray when everything's going right. We're too busy to pray when everybody is healthy. But you let us get a doctor's phone call. You let, listen, planes fly into the Twin Towers in New York. You let bombs go off. You let things start happening here in the United States. And I promise you this, we'll learn how to pray again. We don't pray when we need to. We pray when we have to. And we got to change that. If we're ever going to be a real church, we got to be a church of prayer. Jesus said it this way, my house shall be called a house of prayer. It's amazing to me the one thing that will bring the most power, the one thing that will bring the most change, the one thing that will bring the most blessing in every house of God, in every family, it's prayer. And that's the one thing we do the least of. Prayer. What, what do we see in their prayer. I, I was looking here in this chapter. And th- there's a few things I want to share with you and we'll pray. First I want you to see this. I want you to see the aspects of prayer. Or the attributes of prayer. Here in this chapter. First thing I want you to see. I want you to see their resolve 
in prayer. Write that down in your guidebook. Their resolve in prayer. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. It says when they heard that, in other words, the church, when the church heard the threats, when they heard the people come against them, they lifted up their voice to God with two words. Say it with me. With. All right. All right. Three Bibles in the whole building. Amen. Help me now. They lifted up their voice with. Say it with me. With. Say it again. With. Say it again. One more time. One accord. What does that mean? They were unified. They were together. Do you realize I went through the whole book of Acts and there's seven, seven different times you find one accord when it has to do with prayer and worship. When they prayed, they were in one accord. When they worshiped, they were in one accord. They were praying to the same God with the same prayer, asking for the same thing. You may tell you what's wrong with the church in America. We've got some over here praying for this bill, one over here praying for a Mercedes, one over here praying that the boss would get off their back and they forgot that we're here for a purpose we were put on this planet to glorify God and God designed the church to be an outreach witness and we are here to listen to build the kingdom of God we are here with a great commission and that's the last thing on our prayer request one accord their resolve every time you read it go through the book of Acts every time one accord they prayed they continued in one accord they were together why? Why is that so important? Because the Bible says in Matthew 18, 19, Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Preacher, what are you saying? I believe we need to come together and begin to pray for the power of God together in unity and one accord. I believe we need to come together and pray for the will of God together in unity and one accord. We need to pray that we will fulfill the great commission and accomplish the purpose of the church here in America. Well, preacher, do we need to pray about this other stuff? Yeah, we need to pray about that other stuff. But what are we praying for in one accord? What are we praying for together in unity as a church? I wonder, I wonder if, if 10 or more people out of 1,200 people today prayed for the exact same thing for God to do something in this place today. I wonder what would change if we began to pray in one mind and one accord. If just two or three agree together touching one thing what would happen if two or three hundred would agree touching one th are y'all with me well i want to see god move but it's going to take us we got to be together we got to be in one accord we got to be unified in our desire to see the kingdom of god fulfilled and if you'll look you say well preacher how are we all going to know what to pray for they did what did they pray for? They prayed for, to accomplish the purpose of God for the church. And that was the Great Commission. That's what they prayed for. Are you all with me? Say amen. Their resolve in prayer. Then, 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 then B, write this down. This is really important. I love this one. We not only see their resolve in prayer, but I want you to see this. I want you to see their recognition in prayer. Their recognition in prayer. The Bible says in verse number 24, And when they heard that, when they heard the threatening, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. That's their, they, were, they were together. They resolved to be in unity in prayer. And they said, Lord, thou art God, which has made this, the heaven, the earth, 
and the sea and all that in them is. Preacher, what, what are they doing? This is what they did. They said, now we're being threatened, but you're the boss. We're being accused and we're being threatened, but you're God. And they were recognizing not only his authority by addressing him as Lord, but they are recognizing his ability by addressing him as God. They said, God, they did not speak the world into existence. God, they did not hung, hang the sun out there to shine. God, they didn't sprinkle the stars out there in the universe. God, they didn't put the mountains out there. They didn't dig the sea out. They didn't put the Great Barrier Reef out there. No, sir. Lord, you're God. What were they doing? They were recognizing in their heart, in their mind, just exactly who it was that they were praying to. How many of y'all have been like your preacher before? How many of y'all have been like your preacher before and, and kind of prayed to God kind of like this, kind of like this? Uh, God, if there might be kind of some way or another that you might can kind of think of, you know, maybe if you could do something about this situation. Oh, no, y'all way too holy for that. Seriously. How many of us have prayed to God like he's going to break out in a sweat to answer to what we ask him for? Watch this. Andrew Murray said it this way. This is, I love this. Now, I'm telling you, this cranked my tractor right here. I mean, didn't even need ether either. Just fired right. And you young people ain't going to know what that means. But anyhow, Andrew Murray, he says, beware in your prayer. I, man, I love this. Beware in your prayer above everything of limiting God. Not just by unbelief, but watch this, but by fancying that you know what he can do. Y'all didn't get it. Don't limit God by thinking you know what he can do. Don't limit God by thinking you know what he can do. How many times have you gone to God and said, God, I need you to save him. But boy, I tell you, he's a doozy. Come on now, let's be honest. I know you're God, but whoo, I know him. He's God. God can do anything. The Bible says, is there anything too hard for God? God can solve the biggest problem. God can fix the biggest issue. God can heal the worst disease. And I'm telling you, we need to get back to recognizing who it is that we're praying to. We're not praying to some wood statue. We're not praying to some little fat guy. Uh, listen, where they're burning candles to. We're praying to Almighty God in heaven who spoke the world into existence. He said, let it be. And it was. And not only that, it was good. That's who I'm praying to. I don't pray to a God who can't hear me. I don't pray to a God who can't speak to me. I pray to a living, live God who's well aware of my situation. He's well aware of what we're facing today. He's well aware of what we're going to see at 2.30 today. He knows what we're going through. He knows the tears that are dripping off our face. He knows the hearts in our, our bosom that are broken today. I'm telling you, He is God and there is none other. Hallelujah. Everybody's tore up about this election. I'm not tore up about no election. The Bible says God sets them up and God takes them down. That's right. God sets them up and God takes them down. God will put in there who he wants to put in there. Say, well, preacher, we don't need to vote. Yes, you do need to vote. 
You need to vote your conscience. You need to vote. And it, listen, God's going to put in there who he wants in there. But you need to vote because somebody died so you could. So go vote. Amen. But quit worrying about the election. Quit worrying about the economy. Quit worrying about the state of affairs. You say, well, preacher, what do we do? We don't worry. We pray. We don't fret, we pray. We don't whine, we pray. We don't seek help, we pray. We go to God, we don't, listen, we don't petition the government because there is somebody that's bigger than the government. There's somebody that's bigger than the governor. There's somebody that's bigger than the president. There's somebody that's bigger than the senators and the congress. I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven and it's time we recognize who it is that we're following today. Church, say amen. He'll walk with us. Every step we take today, he's going to walk with us. I don't know what I'm going to say, but he already knows what he's going to give me to say, and he knows what we need. He knows what step we need to take. I'm telling you, he's God. I could preach the rest of that right there. He's God. What are you facing? He's God. What do you need? He's God. He's God. He's everything. He's all. He's all together lovely. Say amen. That's just good stuff right there. Amen. They recognize they're being threatened. you got to understand, they're being threatened, kind of like we are here in the United States. It's going to get worse before it gets better, people. It's going to get worse. There's going to come a day when we can't preach what the Bible says without the threat of going to jail. And that's where they were at. Doesn't that sound familiar? But they said, he's God. Lord, here it is. Now, don't you see number three? Not only do we see their resolve in prayer, not only see, what would I say? Say it with me. Their, their recognition in prayer, their resolve in prayer. But then, then see, write this down in your guidebook. I want you to see, I want you to see uh, number three, or C, however you want to put it. I, I want you to see their request in prayer. Their request in prayer. This is, a, this is a funny thing. This is a funny thing because they're not praying like we pray. This is what they say, verse 29, verse 29. Now, Lord, after they recognized and said, you're God, you made everything, you, you, you're the creator, you're the man. And now, Lord, this is what we ask for. Behold their threatenings, check them out, Lord. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hands to heal, and the signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Now, here's what the American church would pray. God, make them leave us alone. Amen. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've gone to God and said, the devil, get off my back. Hello? Is this working? Lord, get him off my back. That's his job. They didn't ask. They didn't ask for escape. They asked for enablement. They didn't. They didn't ask. God, see what they're doing. Make them stop. They said, "Give us boldness to do it anyhow." I love that. Here, we come to church every week, and I'm, I'm with you. I said we. I'm including myself in this deal. This thing is convicting me as much as it's convicting anybody. I don't like problems. I don't like issues. The last place, brother, 
Brother Wade, the last place in the last three days I ever want to be is where we've been. I don't know what to say. I'm just sitting there, and, 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 and my heart's breaking with y'all's. And I'm like, really, God? I don't like things like this. I don't like problems. I don't like suffering. I hate that. Listen, I don't like pain whatsoever. That's why I can never have a tattoo. Say amen. I don't even want a penicillin shot, much less somebody follow up. Come on now. I love me. But do you realize sometimes there's trials that we need to go through to develop us? God's not trying to break us. God's trying to build us. And maybe if we would quit complaining and whining and, 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 and asking God to let, us, let our life be easier and say, God, help me to stand true in this hour. God, help me to be more real today than I've ever been before. Help these people that are in this difficulty to see Jesus in me like they've never seen before. Maybe it would turn around in America. We've got people that are praying for their lives. They're losing their homes. They're losing their children. They're losing their lives. They're being crucified and martyred in the Sudan and in Vietnam and in India. I mean, Christians being killed while we complain because the air conditioning don't work. We complain that the sounds that we whine about everything. I do. And I'm thinking, God, help me. God, help me to quit asking to get out of my issues and have more power to accomplish what you've called me to do. I told you this revival is going to be something. It's going to get way deep in the heart. Where are we really, guys? This revival is for the church. God's children, where are we? Is our main concern for our, our comfort zone? Is our main concern for our life to be easier? Or is our main concern in our prayer, God, help us to fulfill the Great Commission so people can get saved before it's too late? That'll change everything. Amen, church? Amen. What's going to happen when we pray? What's going to happen when we pray? The Bible says, when they You know what I think everybody ought to do when they pray? Expect God to answer. The old timers, the old timers used to tell me when I was growing up as a little kid, they said, bless God, when, and I don't know if it's true or they're trying to be spiritual, I don't know, but they said when we went to church to pray for rain, we carried an umbrella. I thought, all right. Now, do we have that kind of faith? I mean, Seriously. When we pray, do, do, is, it just, is this just ramblings that come out of our mouth? Or are we really expecting God to do what we ask Him to do? Amen. Preach it. Watch what happens. How many of y'all want God to answer your prayer? How many of y'all need God to answer your prayer? It says in verse 31, when they had Okay, come on now, come on. Unity in one accord, amen. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. I love that. Shaken. You look up the word shaken up, it means to incite. In other words, like you're inciting a riot. Wouldn't it be great to have a riot in here? 
I mean, everybody just gets so jacked up and excited and just, woo, God's doing. Uh, It means to incite. It also means, and I can tell by the look on some of your faces, it means to disturb. People are getting disturbed in here. And I tell you what, while I was working on my devotions this week, I was getting real perturbed. Amen. Because God was showing stuff about me that I didn't want to see. God was revealing stuff in my life that I was ashamed of. And and I said, God, help me with this stuff. But you know what? The church needs to be disturbed. Every now and then, it needs to. And in the last part of that definition, it it, it says this, to incite, to disturb. And then it says, to stir up. We just need an old-fashioned stirring in the house of God. How many of y'all have ever cooked beans before? Okay, how many of y'all ever ate beans before? All right. (laughs) I don't know why this happens. It's not the time for thoughts, amen. In those pots of beans, when you're stirring, my mom would always now stir them beans. You got to make sure. Are you stirring in there? Yeah, mama. Stirring the beans. Why, now, why is it so important to stir the beans? Because you see, there'll be beans on top that don't get cooked and remain cold. But them on the bottom that's close to the heat, you realize that they'll get burnt and scorched. Do you know... The church is like a pot of beans. In many ways that I would like to go into, but I'm not. Amen. (laughs) Do you realize there's some folks in the church that's doing nothing? They're doing absolutely nothing. When it comes to the thermometer in their spiritual life, they're colder than a tater. I'm talking about doing nothing. But then there's others that are close to the fire, and they're doing everything. They're doing all the service. They're doing all the work. And guess what? If that continues to be, if there continues to be a big crowd doing nothing and a small crowd doing everything, that big crowd would be undone, and that little crowd is going to get burnt out. And we need God to send an old-fashioned an old-fashioned revival. He needs to shake the house. He needs to disturb those that need disturbing. He needs to stir up those that need stirring up. And we need people to get involved and say, I'm not going to be what I used to be. I'm going to be all God wants me to be. Give Him praise and glory in His house today. Amen. Listen, when they prayed, when they prayed, they got stirred up. Not only did they get stirred up, the Bible says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They got filled up. Filled up by the Holy Ghost. That word means controlled. Controlled. I don't know about you, but I need God to control me. I need God to control my mouth. I don't know if y'all got issues with yours, but sometimes mine gets carried away. How many of y'all have a problem with your gear system in your, in your head? Because your, your mouth will get engaged before your brain does. See, everybody else is lying. Are y'all with me? I need the Holy Ghost to control my tongue. I need, I need the Holy Ghost to control my thoughts. 
I need the Holy Ghost to control the words because, see, there's going to be broken people that need to hear truth today. There's going to be broken people that need to hear healing today. And I don't have it to give, but the Holy Ghost does. And listen, we're not going to turn the world upside down with a new program. We're going to turn it by being ignited by the power of the Holy Ghost. They were stirred up. They were filled up. Then the Bible says they went out and spoke boldly. They were fired up. Fired up. Say, you say we pray for a purpose and you want something out of this thing. I do. I want something out of this meeting. I want a bunch of Christians that are fired up. I want a bunch of Christians that are not ashamed. I want a, And the word boldness means fearless. Say that word with me. Come on, everybody, say it. Say it again. Fearless. I got to be honest with you. I don't want to because I'm kind of ashamed to admit this. But I was in Salem, Illinois. I was in Salem, Illinois at a coon hunt. And, 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 and I was in the middle of nowhere at a truck stop waiting on the guide to come and take it. It was a competition hunt. And, uh, and, uh, and I went in the store, and I got some water and some stuff I needed. And, and I got to the cash register, and, and there was a young lady there, and, 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 and God said, witness to her. Now, I got it covered here. Because I got a little, I got a little line that I give that helps me. Because I'm ner- and I know some of y'all don't believe this, but I'm scared of my shadow. I went in that big crowd of building to get signed up. Jeremo went with me, and he left me and went back to the truck. Say amen. I said, "Stay with me." He said, "I'll see you in the truck." Stay with, please, stay with, please don't. don't I mean, and a bunch of rednecks. He's gonna leave me. Say amen. What's wrong with him? I mean, I'm scared of my shadow. I, I just, I get nervous, and but here. I, I, this is this is my thing. This is my thing. I said, "Ma'am, you get to go to church anywhere." That's an easy one. Then we can talk about temple, and, and then I can witness from there. Or, or, sir, do you get to go to church anywhere? I'm in Salem, Illinois. I don't know where no church is. I didn't have no clue, and I'm like, "Lord, this won't work because my line won't work here, and it's the only line I got." And I know what you're thinking, but it didn't happen the way you're thinking. I left the counter and I went to my truck. And all the way there, I felt defeated. I felt like, ain't you something? She may die and go to hell. Look at you. All the way to my truck. And I sat there and I couldn't stand it. I got to go back in there. I said, but Lord, if I go back in there, she's going to think I'm a fruitcake. So I bought some candy. Amen. (laughs) I forgot something, ma'am. I said, ma'am, are you a Christian? I said, I said, do you go to church anywhere? I just used my line is all I had. He said, oh, if you need a church, it's because, you know. I said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, I don't need one. I'm, I, I'm a pastor. I was just, I was concerned about you. She went, aw. I said, I go to such and such church, but there was a young lady behind the counter that was listening to every word. And we talked a little bit, and I left, and, and I don't know what God was doing. But there's one thing that I desired in my heart when I walked out of that that room. I want more boldness. Shy or not, I want to be fearless with the gospel. And boy, if Temple Baptist Church would get the boldness that the early church had in the book of Acts, oh, what could be done in our community? What could be done in our cities, in our streets, in our schools? If we could just get the boldness that we need.
Preacher, what do you want out of this revival? I want us to be stirred up. I want us to be filled up. And I want us all to leave fired up, ready to tell somebody about Jesus. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name.